My name is Dr. Mike. I was born and raised in Rochester, New York, and I'm proud of where I came from. While I have since moved to greener pastures and found happiness in the flyover states, I still have a certain fondness for the flower city, especially its signature food, the plate. Unfortunately, watching from afar, the city has declined from a titan of industry and cultural powerhouse to a pit of despair and corruption held together by bubblegum and duct tape. Nonetheless, nothing will take away my memories of the Rochester I grew up in, except maybe the senility of old age. So before that happens, come join me as we reminisce about the things that made Rochester special. Come join me for a flyover plate. Oh my goodness. Welcome to the October edition of the Flyover Plates podcast. I am your host and amateur therapist, Dr. Mike. I apologize for being on such a big hiatus. I have been doing a lot of officiating this fall, and now that that season is winding down, kind of like the hopes and dreams of Western New Yorkers, (laughs) we can now get back together and talk about the true beauty and joy that is Rochester, New York. I do want to introduce my co-host. He is the judge, jury, and executioner at Technosophy LLC with a brand new website and new take-no-prisoners attitude toward big tech inspired by his boyhood idol, Chuck Norris. He just finished remodeling the bathroom in his new home and is now taking up a side hobby, traveling into different worlds to save Princess Peach from the evil King Koopa. Ladies and gentlemen, here he is, more reliable than a chase pick and hammer, Mark Anthony Arena. Mark, how are you this evening? <laughs> a chase pick and hammer! <laughs> That's right. I can't, uh, uh, I can't <laughs> the best part is he never tells me what he's going to say about me. <laughs> so, so for all you listeners out there, Mark did buy a house. He is now living back in Monroe County. He is living in, I believe, the city of Rochester limits, although he's very close to the Brighton Ellison Park area, closer to his headquarters. Um, and he's remodeling his house. He's doing it room by room, and he, he showed me pictures of his bathroom, and it looks absolutely gorgeous. Uh, kudos to him and his brother, and um, who's doing most of the legwork, and it, they've done a really good job with choosing designs and doing a wonderful... Uh, it, it just looks really good. I can't wait to see it, if and when I ever get up there. <laughs> it, it's just fantastic. We got a lot of handymen helping us. My cousin's a superman and a saint, and my brother's just super, and they're all, yeah. So it's it's real good. It was a filthy, disgusting, disgusting piece of garbage from 1890. It was never cleaned ever. No one entered the garage for the past 10 years. I'm considering renting it out as a horror movie set. Um, there's just, it's absolutely disgusting. The whole place smells like dog pee completely as if it's made out of dog pee. Um, but we are making it nice one room at a time. Our slogan is make this house less horrible again. I think that should be Rochester's slogan. (laughs) No, my mom's slogan for Rochester is bulldoze downtown. (laughs) (laughs) Bulldoze downtown. That's it. Just bulldoze downtown. (laughs) I would just I would just say Rochester slightly less horrible than Buffalo. <laughs> I want to give it. <laughs> That's right. I went there. But I in any event, a... um, sure. I, I, I do have to apologize to all the listeners out there. It has been a while since we've since we've done the last show. I've been doing a heck of a lot of officiating out there. I have a game tomorrow, actually. And um, I've just been texting with my partner who was just taken off the games. Uh, they were telling me that they had the flu. And I'm like, oh, man, that sucks. Go get some greasy, greasy diner food. Go to Waffle House. Ooh. It's open 24 hours. And whenever I get sick, I always, for some reason, I always just like getting some fast food, something greasy, something sinful, something that may balance out the virus or bacteria that's in my that's that's in my body that's do, doing unspeakable things to my insides. Um, but 
greasy food, man. Greasy food. It does help. There is such a thing as comfort food. So um, I do hope that that my partner does get better and uh, that I survive this game tomorrow without her. Um, I also have to give a shout out during my during my travels. I, I, I did come across the uh, Xavier Club field hockey team. I do need to give a shout out to Austin and the Xavier field hockey club come to find out i was doing a game with them last weekend and it was parents weekend and uh, i was chatting it up with a guy who ended up turning to be your father and he goes uh, he goes is this you know field hockey big out here i'm like that's eh, not that big it's kind of a niche sport it's uh he goes well it's pretty big where i come from I'm like where are you from he goes western new york and I'm like, oh no where i always he goes say rochester my... he goes rochester i'm like I'm like oh cool I know where it is. I was born and raised there. I have a podcast about Rochester and all the wonderful <laughs> things that is still there, or at least like it was back in the 90s and early 2000s. I just say my um, condolences when I meet another Rochesterian. <laughs> but, but of course, he, 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 we immediately hit it off with, with garbage plates and winners and Don Elhart. So it was just, <laughs> you know, the, the trifecta of, of any Rochester, uh, Rochester native. And then that we were fine. I, you know, chatted up with his, with his daughter who was playing in the game. She ended up, you know, was a Pittsburgh Sutherland grad. And, you know, she knew of McQuaid where I went to school and I knew of Pittsburgh Sutherland. Um, didn't know a whole lot of people that went there, but uh, I had friends who did. I had friends who knew people. I took and the bus and uh, my bus stopped at Pittsburgh Sutherland. Cause I was on a Pittsburgh bus and I was ridiculed, oh. and then they would say, "Where are you going, an orchestra?" Because we all had to have our suits and ties on. <laughs> oh, see, I, our our bus stopped at Greece Athena, so I had to ride. I, I had to like transfer buses at Greece Athena. So then I started riding with with some of those kids, and I don't know. I, I didn't really get any dirty looks for wearing a, a shirt and tie every day, which again valuable lesson to all those young men out there learn how to tie a tie um you may not wear it more than 10 times in your entire life but knowing how to tie a tie is uh is a very useful skill to have yeah not a clip-on tie exactly so mark um want to dive into a few topics here today so but but first and foremost let's talk about some plates here because that's what that's what that's what America wants to talk about. Um, <laughs> that's why they're here. But then we don't we don't the name, tease that's them. That's the though. name of the show, of course. We should talk so, about other things and then leave the plate till the end to make them watch the whole show. <laughs> no, because then I just start getting into some random banter and, and unrehearsed things, and I, I have to use your editing skills to the max. So let's start off strong here. Um, so now, Mark, you are you are officially in the city of Rochester, correct? Yes, yeah, sort of. So I was in the village of Victor, and it was awesome. I loved it. During COVID, I could take walks, and no one, you know, no one arrested me for being outdoors or anything. It was mm-hmm. great. But it was a half hour drive into downtown, and most of my clients are, you know, elsewhere, somewhere around Rochester. So um, I decided to to buy a house, and now I'm saving money on rent. And it's kind of near the can of worms. Oh boy! If you wanted to, so in my podcast, I say overlooking the can of worms. So and wait a minute, the can of worms is still there because I remember in like 1993 it was still a thing, like oh, 490 sure. Penfield Ave, Linden Ave area. Yeah, and and for, do you want to do you want to explain what can of worms is to the listeners? Well, can of worms is just a giant construction site that they do a work for a couple days and then it just gets abandoned because either the city runs out of money or the workers go on strike or winter comes and nobody wants to leave their house. Uh, (laughs) So, so it's just a, it's just a nonstop construction project. And I I remember, I remember that, that area. Well, Um, I mean, even when I was little, but you know, you know, my, I would drive out there and it would just be up. Oh, my dad be like, oh, we're into the can of worms again. And I'm like, oh, now that you say can of worms, you know, in 2023, I'm like, wow, I remember that in like 1993, uh, <laughs> just driving to the east side when I when I actually got to leave my, my humble west side roots uh, and, and venture to and venture to the great unknown. So um, isn't that? Yes, it's, it's, still it's kind of like the gate. It's kind of like the gate, the gates of hell. Yeah, it, no, so it, 
It still exists, and and actually, I thought about this. So, so it's the intersection of four ninety and five ninety, but it's so it's so wormy, right? There's so many mm-hmm. um, expressway ramps that are all swirling around each other. That's how it got the nickname "Can of Worms." And I I talked to some younger Rochesterian the other day, and I forget who it was, but they didn't know what it was, and I had to explain it. And also, there is technically a west side can of worms, and it just got wormier lately because they added like a few more ramps to it, like four more ramps to the west side can of worms. So, but that one is just you know the can of worms is the can of worms on the east side. That's the real yeah. can of worms. That so is the real can I of worms. I will freely admit that <laughs> the, the, the west side is just a giant can of worms. Um, so before you left, you, you you went to this place called the Thirsty Turtle. Which I believe is in Victor. Correct me if I'm wrong. It, Lived it is across the street for five years, never tried it. So the last day so, I was there, I had to try it. So you went and you had one of their plates. Please do describe said plate. So it was called the turtle plate, I believe. And you know, I walked in and I told the waitress right away. I don't know if it changed the outcome or if they made it extra special for me. But I said, yeah. I said, I'm part of a, a podcast that reviews local garbage plates. And I report back to the show. And so, okay, it's cool, whatever. And so she brought the plate back. Uh, she brought me the plate. And, and here's what I... Oh, total side note, because you know me. I get thoughts bubbling in of my course. head. Total of side course. note, I met a client yesterday in Greece. And he's friends with the owner of O'Callahan's. Nice. How I was like, oh, I nice. love it. I got into that place this year. Blah blah. Anyway, so I'm a thirsty turtle, and I wanted a turtle plate. And they were like, they had chicken French sandwiches, by the way, Mike. And and I gave up the chicken sandwich. I forwent the chicken sandwich just because I knew I was there for a mission for your show. So I didn't get the chicken French that I wanted. Um, anyway, so I ordered it with baked beans, which they had. And okay. I said, can you give me a hot dog and a hamburger? And she goes, oh, sure, of course. Because normally they right. give you two hots or two bergs, right? Right, right, right. I, I don't know if any... My brother always says bergs, by the way. I don't know if other cities say bergs. No, because then you start thinking... You say berg, it's like Pittsburgh. And Pittsburgh's yeah. just not a cool city. Uh, but we in my house, we called it bergs. So I had one hot and one berg. And... Um, they, unfortunately they didn't do boiled potatoes, you know, cause you know, I love that, but they gave me French fries that were very good, crispy, battered kind of French fries and the hot, they held sauce, up to the, they, they held up to the hot sauce. Yeah. And then and the, the hot salad. sauce, I actually said no Mac salad. I just wanted beans. Okay, that's right. That's and right. That's right. I don't think she gave, I should have asked for a dinner roll, but I didn't. Um, because they actually put cheese. I, I was just, there was too much going on there. So, but I just said one burg, one hot, baked beans, and nice French fries. And a couple things about it. Um, number one, the the hot was totally fine. It was great. The burg, first of all, they put cheese on it by accident. I can't have cheese. Okay, great. So I said, look, I don't want you to throw this away, though. It took me one second to peel the cheese off. And she goes, let me bring you another one. Let me. I said, I don't want you to throw away the old one. She goes, okay, fine. So she let me eat both. So I had two burgs and a hot. Uh, with, with Wait, one. Uh, with, I have to interrupt you. White hot or red hot? Because it was red. It was red. I was red. Okay. Yeah, and but you're right. When you're not sure, you have to specify what color hot dog you want. Yep. You do have to specify. I didn't know if you're going to go true Rochester and go white hot, or at least it was as Weigel's red from what you were telling me. So. Yeah, it was as yeah. Weigel's red. It was. You know, that's the best of the. You know, mm-hmm. best Absolutely. of Rochester. Um. So the burger, first of all. It was the special char-grilled goodness, and it just evoked the memories Ooh. of the late 80s uh, cookouts. Wow. Right? Like real char-grilled flavor. It wasn't burned or whatever. It was just had tons of char-grilled flavor, like real charcoal-grilled burger. This wasn't wow. on a griddle or whatever. Yeah. It wasn't made, it wasn't made in an air fryer. Nah, nah, right? It was not. This, it didn't phone it in, right? This was real deal. Do you think it was made over the charcoal, or do you think it was made over a, a, a flat top that was just really, really done well? <sighs> I, this really tasted like charcoal. Dr. Mike, asking Look, the tough questions, right? <laughs> I, 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 do this for, I do this for the listeners, folks. <laughs> 
people need to we need to paint a picture here, especially for those expats like me who don't live in Rochester anymore. <laughs> we need to paint a picture. We need to be descriptive. Yeah, and and so that's the only thing I can tell you is imagine that a real char, I believe this was real char grilled. So imagine that flavor wasn't overdone, wasn't whatever. And so for her to bring me a second burger as an apology burger, like I was thrilled. It was just wow. And would, would would you put the burger on par, like like the char grilledness? Would you put that on par with like a Shaler's type burger? You know, or and Tom and- Wall. We really, you know what we should do on a future episode, if you want to write this down, is compare all of the Rochester-style burgers that are out there. Oh, yeah. And we could, you know, because there's the big kings, you know, the big players, right, of, of Bill sure. Gray's and Tom Wall's, and I had a nice sure. Tom Wall's fish fry today, but, um, and then there's the little small ones, right, the Shalers and so on. Anyway, um, so real char-grilled flavor, and... Then, the hot sauce was really unique, actually. It was a Rochester hot sauce, right? So it was that, yep. what do you call it, like high viscosity? Like loose meat, gelatinous, uh, just just goodness. Right, hit right. You on the back, sweet on the front end, hit you in the back of the mouth on the back end. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it, it, like imagine chili put in a blender, right? It's like that. So it's that meat hot sauce that we always talk about, but this one had a kick to it at the end. Really? Yeah. I mean, it I... sounds like it sounds like the last time I made hot sauce here at home, I, I went heavy on some of the spices, like the clove, and I just to try to I, I tried to make it myself, and and it actually turned out really good. But I, I put like four times as much clove in it, and it was very sweet to begin with, but then, oh my goodness, it just hit you on the back end. You just kept eating it, and it was just it kept exponentially getting hotter and hotter. I'm just like, this is amazing. And I want to eat more. I don't think so it was kind of like that. I mean, I'd love to try your homemade hot sauce. I can't imagine what a feat of, of culinary effort it would take to create that hot sauce. It's so complex. It is very complex. And you know what? No two batches are alike. Um, <laughs> they, they just aren't. Wow. Whenever I try to make it, cause I'm the only one in my house who eats it. It's very complex, but no two are alike, but they're all good. And that's right. the, that's the beauty of it. Oh, I see. Yeah. Oh, wow. It's they're just like, like snowflakes, pizzas. Mark. They're like snowflakes. You're going to see a lot of them in the next month or two. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's like Rochester pizzas. They're all totally different. Even though it's the same ingredients, they're all totally different. Sure. Yeah. So this was, I don't know, it was some kind of spice. I don't think it was cayenne pepper. It might have been like red pepper flakes, like ground up or something in there. Um, it was like 1% too spicy for me, but I could totally see how normal people would be fine with it. I still enjoyed the heck out of it. Still loved the plate. You know, it's still phenomenal. And and just like I say every episode, like my grandfather said, every time he bought a car, every time he got a new one, it was 10 times better than the last. So every sure. garbage plate I try, it's 10 times better than the last. But they're all wonderful. So that was a wonderful experience at the Thirsty Turtle. And, so, yeah. You did send me a picture of it, and it looked, it looked fantastic. Okay, oh, yeah. it, looked, it looked fantastic. It was a very classy joint. That seemed to be kind of the problem with it, though. It was kind of classy. You had you had real plates. You had real silverware. Yeah. You know, when when I get my plates, at least the plates that I remember and I'm fond of, and I'm going to wax poetically for a minute here, the plates that I had, it was a struggle. You had this flimsy fork and knife that people forgot to wrap or just didn't care to wrap. <laughs> you got this flimsy plastic fork and knife. You had the plate served to you in a styrofoam box. And there's nothing like some some man-made chemicals to just add to the plate and just you know shorten your life that much more. <laughs> um, but you know you go to the plate establishments around Rochester and you get the, the the flimsy fork and knife and you're just struggling to get every bite of meat in my case cheeseburger or hot dog mac salad home fries baked beans what have you and you're just struggling to get everything on that fork and shovel it in your mouth and then you look at it and then you look at the 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 plate once you're done you look at the styrofoam box and you can see the roadmap of knife cuts that you made (laughs) and fork stabs that you made with to get the food onto the plate and enjoy all of that luscious 
all that luscious goodness that that the plates bring to you and then that's part of the experience and and i lose that at home when i make it because i have to serve it on a regular plate um maybe a paper plate if i'm feeling if i'm feeling good but i'm, I'm not gonna put i'm not i'm, I'm not gonna use plastic forks and knives at home i'm just going to use the real deal so in any event it, it was it looked like it was a fantastic plate you know but it, it was missing it, that it, it was missing that 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 low quality styrofoam box that i believe you told me is outlawed now in new york as so, everything else is outlawed in new york yeah the, um, taste but, of, the taste of forbidden fruit if i if i may say so um, like i highly styrene yeah, I highly recommend you go to some place in the free world where you live and go to a dollar store and get a styrofoam plate, even if it's not a takeout plate, and get your plastic silverware. I'll mail you some. I live off of plastic silverware. I'm a bachelor. I've got plenty. I've got plenty of it, but yes. <laughs> and do it the right way, Mike. Make your city proud. <laughs> I, I will. I will. I will do that. And if I live to tell the tale, I will be sure to. I'll be sure to, to uh, catalog it and video it and all that good stuff but uh but yeah it, it's just you know this this time of year this this time of year I, i'm just gonna admit it i don't really like this time of year okay this time of year it's, it's pumpkin spice everything okay and god forbid if you ever pumpkin spice a garbage plate you better go out of business the next day because that's just wrong yes but but this this time of year it just it it, it it's not my favorite from a food standpoint because everything's pumpkin spiced and and, and I'm not a big fan. Okay. People may beg to differ. That's just my opinion. I'm not a huge fan of pumpkin spice. Yep. You got pumpkin spice, coffee, pumpkin spice, donuts, pumpkin spice, insert thing here. Ginger and I was okay better. with it for a little while. I'm like, okay, this is just, you know, a, a gimmick that some of the chains do to try and drum up more business and what have you. But what really took me over the edge was a few years ago, it was, about, you know, it was about 2016. I, I, I was reading an article, and um, some church in New York came across pumpkin spiced Eucharist. That's horrible. And I'm uh, first off sacrilege to the nth degree. I like my I like my Eucharist plain. Uh, no, you know, that's, that's how Jesus just how Jesus intended, right? Yeah. Um, but horrible. but but pumpkin spice Eucharist. I'm like. Okay, now now we we've gone a straw too far here. We we need to reel this back in. Wow, so that's I, so New York. I, said, City. I just never got into it. Like I'm not a big fan of pumpkin pie. I'm not a big fan of. I mean, I have to carve a pumpkin this weekend for Halloween, and I'm not really looking forward to it. Um, but it's just this this time of year. Just it's all pumpkin spiced everything, and and I I need a plate to just kind of recenter me at this point. Because because it's just it's it's just it's just so tough when you you know you see pumpkin spiced everywhere on tv pop-up ads on facebook you see you know specials in the menus at, at, at different coffee shops and what have you but yeah when it when it got to pumpkin spice eucharist i was like okay that we, we we've really just we've really just gone past the point of no return here actually so, i was gonna so make all a of joke. You, all of you for the next for the next few weeks enjoy it because once the snowfall hits in rochester it's all going to be over and done with so that might be what Tuesday. Yeah, right. It's, it's temperatures will plummet. That's I saw some computer uh, weathered map and it said temperatures plummet tomorrow. Yeah. It, it, it you know trick or treat. Halloween's Tuesday for you know to just to get a get get an idea of when we're do, recording this podcast. Halloween's this coming Tuesday. It's supposed to be forty five degrees here. Wow. So I don't even know how cold it's going to get up in New York. Negative forty five. So, so so how many so so how many little uh like winter coats with superman under the coat are you going to have come to your door <laughs> and, and you know what traditionally when we were growing up for some reason halloween was always the first snow it was a very wet snow you remember that yes yeah. I, always... I i i think i can only remember like one nice halloween that we had it was either right? cold windy rainy god forbid snowy i, I think I can remember like one. I think I was like twelve or thirteen years old, and that it, it was nice that evening. But for the most part, I I can't remember, and it always it always ruined the Halloween costume because you know 
your parents would make you put on your winter coat. It's like, oh, no, I want to be Batman. Well, you're going to be Batman with a with a winter coat over the top. <laughs> right. Winter Batman edition. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah. I So, side note, I love gingerbread flavor so much. As opposed, right? So, as opposed to pumpkin spice, so I would go to Starbucks and I used to get the gingerbread soy latte, right? Okay, bougie mark. So, and I'd wear a turtleneck, and I drove a Saab. So, did you, any, did you buy one of their CDs that they're trying to sell to? Um, close. I actually, I said, look, I'm really scared about the day when you guys will stop offering gingerbread in a couple of months. So they said, go order yourself a bottle of the syrup. So I went on Amazon, this is 10 years ago, and I got a bottle of the syrup, and it took me until a few months ago to finish it. (laughs) And I would bring it with me to Starbucks, and and I would say, I identify as a gingerbread, and they would let me use it. Goodness. No, I, I will say I, I am looking forward to later in November, get close to the holiday, because then everything just switches to peppermint. And then that, that is just uh, my favorite. You know, peppermint. I can't I can't Milk eat peppermint. Shakes, pe- peppermint desserts, peppermint schnapps. It's awesome. I can't. To me, my subconscious associates it with toothpaste and I can't swallow it. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I love the things that taste like cough syrup. I remember back in the day when um, do you remember? Do you remember back in like the the early to mid 2000s when when sprite remix came out yeah and it was like like tropical sprite and then grape sprite and i and i was in i was a freshman year in college and i and i would always bring a can of sprite remix in and my professor would go what the heck are you drinking that stuff tastes like dimetap i go i know <laughs> you said i know yes and <laughs> just, just today just today mark what what my wife comes home from the grocery store. What does she have for me? A 12-pack of Tropical 7-Up. I'm like, this is amazing. It's like Sprite Remix all over again. It's 2004, and I am just living large. I did so, like Orange Triaminic. Remember that? It's called Dayquil now, but yes. Yeah, No, Dayquil I found bitter, but I used to hey, take it in college. But Orange Triaminic to me was, was tops. Orange Triaminic, yeah, that was some good stuff. So I want to go back and comment on your your thing about the Eucharist. Yes, that's very horrible because, you know, New York City feels, apparently, those folks or whatever, that church, feels as though it's there to serve them, right, instead of the other way around. That's the real what it boils down to. But anyway, I was about to make a joke about maybe the churches up here putting Buffalo Bills logos on the communion. But (laughs) let me tell you something. A couple weeks, two, three weeks ago, I was in church in Victor priest got up there and he said you ready for this he said uh a lady came up to me after mass and said can i bring communion home to my husband so i asked her well i'm sorry what's wrong with your husband what's what's wrong with him and she said no he's at home watching the bills game (laughs) Uh, i remember when i when when i lived in chicago and and my brother-in-law lives or now now brother-in-law you know lived was living in milwaukee at the time and we went up to visit him and we went to church that one sunday morning and it was a later mass it was like 10 o'clock and the priest just comes right out at the beginning and goes we need to wrap this up packers game starts at noon what? we need to wrap this up <laughs> the priest just like we, we got to get through this here packers game starts at noon and i was like all right you know what they they do things a little differently in wisconsin and i like it i I, I like it their their dedication to football um (sighs) that's i mean hopefully he was kidding like i i've seen it was in jazz it was it was in it was kind of like a tongue-in-cheek like yeah you know wink wink nudge nudge but real seriously come on now (laughs) i i i there's multiple times in multiple churches around here where at the very end the priest says May Almighty God bless you all and the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, well, back in the day when, um, who was it, Tim Russert did meet the press, he always signed off by saying, go Bills. Oh. I mean, I'm, I mean, I'm dating myself, but yeah, Tim Tim Russert on, on meet the press. It's, uh, yeah, he always signed off saying, go Bills. He was a huge, huge really? Buffalo. Really? Wow, my mom read his book. It was supposed to be really good. Yeah. I'm sure it was a va- I'm sure it was a fantastic greed. And and Mark, it is football season. And I just watched the Bills beat Tampa la- uh, last night, and then I watched the fourth quarter this morning with my six year old. And again, night games in Buffalo. Buffalo's actually doing fairly well. 
Um, yeah. you know, there's still a ray of hope for those folks up there. And uh, but Mark, I was looking at some of the cutouts to the crowd, and and of course, <laughs> what do I see? What do I see? Zubas. No, Zubas pants and coats. Zuba pants and Mark. Zuba pants, which were which were awesome in, in its own right, you know, which were you know quintessential early to mid '90s. Any team that you had, Zubas was awesome. But Mark, I right. saw Zubas overalls. No, I saw Zubas overalls. I was like, oh, oh, okay. I need I need to talk to Mark about this because it, it, is that a bridge too far? <laughs> Hang on, Mike. I'd like to to pull the uh, alarm here and say, can you stop okay. and explain to the audience what Zubas is? Zubas are like drunk zebra stripes. Yeah, good point. And it's basically what it is. It's 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 like zebra stripes except jagged and pointy and and not in any uniform shape whatsoever. Um, they they try to make zebra stripes, but that that's the only way I can explain it. It's like it's like some drunk guy decided tried to draw zebra stripes and was like, "Oh, this didn't work out quite well," and it ended up being a, a beautiful mistake. <laughs> and by the way, Zubaz pants came only in the colors of your favorite NFL team. Correct. Right. So my brother had the Bills Zubaz pants. I had the Dolphins Zubaz pants. Oh yeah, I I, I had lots of Zubaz <laughs> stuff. It was it, it was a thing back in the nineties. I mean, geez, Louise. Um, <laughs> but Mark Zubaz overalls. Your your thoughts on it? Bridge too far? Yes, yes, way too far. All of it is too far, but overalls. <laughs> And it's 2023. It's not 93. Not 90. It's not 93. But I'm pretty sure that some of those fans wore it during the glory years of the early 90s when they were when they were going to four straight Super Bowls. You know what? I have a um, my client is a guy named John the Optimist, and he calls every sports talk show in Rochester pretty much every day. And when I go to his office, um, he's got pictures of him in the 90s attending Bills games. And I gotta look closely at his photos to see if he's wearing Zubaz in any of the pictures. <laughs> Shout out to oh, John. Oh man! So yeah, so it, it is fall. It, it, it is pumpkin spice. The, you know, everything's getting colder. We're not doing as much grilling. Although that thirsty turtle garbage plate, I'm sure they're char grilling it in the middle of January and being amazing about it. But we are getting into indoor cooking, Mark. We are getting into indoor cooking. I am in my I am in my two week frantic phase of trying to get rid of all of the frozen meat that's in my freezer because my my quarter cow is coming in the next two weeks. They called and said, "Hey, are you are you ready for your quarter cow?" Which is again the most Midwest thing ever. <laughs> but my cow guy did call me and say, "Hey, we got you down for a quarter. Get ready." And I'm like, "Okay, I'm getting ready." And I look in my freezer and I've got like roasts and tubes of ground beef and some stew meat and i'm like all right kids what are we making for dinner tonight you know so i've i've made roasts i've made burgers i'm probably going to make a meatloaf for myself this weekend ah, um, rochester and of cuisine. course i can't I, I can't put it in the freezer or fridge because i need it for more meat <laughs> um I, I will I, I will show you once I'll spread it out once I get the, the 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 new quarter of a cow and I'll spread everything out and I showed it to my I showed it to my brother last year and he was just amazed at the amount yeah. of meat that I got and, wow. and and helping these local farmers is just uh, you know especially out here it's just it's just really reassuring it, you know you yeah. pay a little bit more but at the same time you know you're getting good quality you're helping a, a, a local farmer you're helping a local processing plant he does everything lo- he does everything local and it's it's just it's amazing. You know, my, my, my in-laws started to do it back in Iowa years ago and we would get their cow. We would get the scraps of whatever they, they didn't want from their cow. And we were just like, this is awesome. And then, you know, we got to be adults and we grew up, you know, we, we found a guy locally around here. So now we get all the cow and they get, you know, they come out in August or October or whenever they get some scraps and clean out, help clean out my freezer. And it helps me. So, um, you know, Circle of life, I guess. But yes, uh, <laughs> a circle of meat. Circle of meat, exactly. That's I guess. the name for so, the episode. Circle of meat. <laughs> so, but in any event, but in any event, Mark, one of the things that I, I do sorely miss about uh, Rochester and upstate New York is is a big old pot of Sunday sauce. Oh, you know, yeah. you would have you, you would have, uh, and, and and all the respect of the world, your mother makes an amazing sauce. Yeah. So, Mama Arena, shout out to you. You make an amazing Sunday sauce. Um, totally authentic. 
totally authentic, probably probably done with the old way. She probably got hit by her mother with a wooden spoon for putting too much salt or you know <laughs> tomatoes in it or whatever. But she yeah. perfected the recipe. She does. Uh, uh, Rochester folk do do a very good Sunday sauce. They they they, they, they do. And, and the thing that makes Rochester folk Rochester Sunday sauce different from all the other Sunday sauce is a dash of crazy. What? It's a dash of crazy because it's like the you know folks who make the sauce they are they are one minute they are so desperate to please you they're so they they want to make sure that you have the best sauce ever and and then the, you know whether you put meatballs or sausage or mix it with pasta or baked ziti or whatever they 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 want you to enjoy it they want you to have the experience of a lifetime but yeah god forbid you ever say anything about the sauce or if you get in their way in the kitchen yeah, you don't get in the way in the you, you don't get in the way in the kitchen. No, no, no. There, there are some there stove. are some folks out there that will not let you see the sauce. They will not let you taste <laughs> the sauce until it is absolutely perfect. But God forbid, Mark, you say anything wrong to to a Rochester person about their sauce or you know cooking in general. But the, the sauce is what I'm missing the most this time of year. If you say anything wrong, man, they are ready to come at you with a wooden spoon. They are ready. They are ready to throw hands, my friend. <laughs> Even if it's just something like, it's been sitting out too long. It's cold. I think it needs to be heated up. And you're just, just the look, the dirty looks that you get sometimes from from some Rochester folk. Um, but but again, it's that it, it's that fine line of uh, it's that fine line of craziness that just uh, that makes the sauce so much more unique than anywhere else in the world in the country in you know where you know outside of rochester unlike would you agree oh yeah and unlike new jersey we don't call it gravy we call it sauce or sunday sauce like even though i didn't call it sunday sauce when you said it i knew exactly it's just a big pot of sauce it takes all day to cook yep you know meatballs garlic onion and and lots of red pack tomato paste and my mother, who has not an Italian bone in her body, she is like Irish as the day is long. Oh. Somehow found a way to make an amazing Sunday sauce, and it was oh. and it well, it wasn't even a Sunday sauce. It was like for the next week and a half. Well, because she, she lived in Rochester, meatballs. We would put we would mix it with oh. pasta, and it would just sit in our freezer or not freezer, our refrigerator for like the next week. Yeah, and it was even better the second day. And she... then the third day, and then after the third day, it just kind of was like, okay, we're, we're, let's just go back to some mac and cheese or something. She grew but... up in Rochester, which is a colony of southern Italy. True. <laughs> True. Wow, True. that's with, with a whole lot more with a whole lot more X body spray, dude. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, it, but again, one of the one of the things this time of year, it's uh, this time of year, it's it's football season, and and you know, I, I was looking, I was looking. On the website earlier today, um, high school football started to come down. Sectionals are starting. Playoffs are starting, and it always brings me back to the the McQuaid Aquinas rivalry. We, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, I, Mark and I went to McQuaid, um, a school in Brighton, and we had a very, a very bitter rivalry. It was almost a. Would you say it was a blood rivalry, Mark? Yeah, it was just, you know, they would say stuff about us, we'd say stuff about them, and actually we lost to them for 50 years, and I think we won a oh, couple yeah, years ago. Well, well, yeah, yeah. shout out to the shout out to the McQuaid football team who actually beat Aquinas last week. Um, I don't know how it happened. I don't know how McQuaid actually got good at football all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. but when, when, we, when we were there, it was just, okay, we're just lambs being led to slaughter because we knew <laughs> that Aquinas had... A stud is. They always had some stud running back or wide receiver that would just <laughs> run roughshod over our, our 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 defense, and we just couldn't compete. But now it's just, now I saw that they've won and they're they're winning sectional championships, and I was like, man, oh man, what you know? They must have invested heavily in that uh, in that football program. You know, John Matt, who was a year ahead of me in school. Uh, he's doing a great job as athletic director over there. He's doing a he's doing a wonderful job keeping the sports competitive, keeping the kids on the up and up, and you know all all the respect in the world to them. But uh, I, I do want to I do want to talk about the, the the actual rivalry itself because it means a lot to me. It means a lot to me because I was on the west side. I grew up on the west side. I grew up in Greece. Went to Catholic schools on the west side. I went to school, played CYO basketball, still played CYO basketball even after I went to McQuaid. 
with a lot of kids who went to Aquinas. So it meant a lot more to me because I would still see these people out and about. I would still see these people at church. I would still see these people um, at Wegmans and, 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 you know, I'd talk trash. I thought you were going to say, oh, I saw them and realized they were people just like me. <laughs> no, I saw them and I talked we, we, trash. We, we, were, we, we were the same, but, but it was, you know, it just brings me back. I was about, I was in sixth grade. It was a, it was a seminal moment for me. Cause I, you know, I was, I was in sixth grade. I was, at, I was at our mother's sorrows and I was just like, you know, you know, I'm going to go here through eighth grade. I'm going to go to Aquinas. I'm going to graduate and, you know, go do whatever I'm going to do. You almost went to Aquinas. Well, I didn't have any other choice. I mean, it was either that or, you know, <laughs> either that or, you know, I don't even going to talk about any other schools around there. Well, but so it was, you could have gone grade, there. It was my sixth grade teacher. It was my sixth grade teacher. She, she was an ex-nun. She was, she was a very... I don't want to say strict, but but she was a very good teacher. She kept everybody in line. She saw the potential in everybody. You know, when I'm 11 years old, you know, like, oh my god, why am I doing all this? You know, this sort of thing. But but it was but it was her who pulled my mom aside, and she goes, um, you 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 should really consider sending your son to McQuaid. I'm like, <laughs> okay, you know, finish out eighth grade here at Mother Styles. We'll go in ninth grade. She goes, no, go now tried now and and then my mom talked to me about it and i'm like well you know i don't know you know not not knowing anybody leaving my little cocoon of the west side um and, and I'll, I'll tell you right now it's one of the best decisions I ever made it's one of the best decisions I ever made i, I went sure. to mcquade in, in seventh grade which would have been um 97 98 somewhere around there and um because i graduated in 03 and it, it was one of the best decisions ever made it, it, but it was one of those moments where if you had looked at the if i had done anything differently like the whole thing would have snowballed and i don't think i would be where i am right now yeah not, not better or worse it's just just totally different but you but you look back at it and it's like okay I, I left my i left my west side cocoon i left all my west side friends i went to mcquaid and I've made some of the best friends I've ever had. You, you being among them, uh, and and it's just it's just one of those things. So it, the, the the rivalry itself means a lot to me because because it just it shows where I it just shows one of the you know the decisions that I made that that really that that really defined my course in life, and and now I ended up here, you know, happily married, and and I owe it all to that. To, to, I don't primarily to that decision wow. there there are others obviously but that was that was the first one that i really that i really made and um that that really had a, a significant impact on my life and and i and, and you know what I, I kid i rib about aquinas people and uh you know it's all in good fun there are some really good people that went to that went to aquinas kids i played cyo basketball with all throughout high school um but it, we would always have you know we'd always have a good natured ribbing because at that point, we knew in football, we knew that we were going to get our butt whooped, and and, and Aquinas, and my, my Aquinas friends knew that they 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 knew that. When my sister actually ended up going to Aquinas, she she, she like, yeah, you know, we're 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 gonna we're gonna kill McQuaid for football. Wow, but you could, I mean, how crazy is that that the teacher said, hey, pulled your mom aside and said, hey, this Mike, yeah, he's too good for Aquinas. Put him in McQuaid. That's amazing. <laughs> she, she, she did. She mentioned that to my mom and then mentioned, and my mom mentioned it to me and, you know, together you know, we made that decision. And it, it, like my mom didn't, my mom didn't pressure me one way or the other. She's like, whatever you want to do, Mike is, is fine. And, and I told her, like, I, I want to go try this out. I want to, I want to, I don't know what I was getting into. Like, you know, I'm looking in hindsight when I was 11 years old making this decision. It's like, it's, it's you know, it's, just, it's like, it's, it's like you look back on it. And, and again, that, that one of the, you know, there are few, there are very few moments that change the course of history of, of, of your life and where you end up. And that was, that was probably the first one that I ever did. Um, but but again, the the, the rivalry itself, and I, I'm going to talk because the rivalry when that I remember it now, the, the rivalry is I remember it. We always got killed in football. The tables always turned in basketball because we were amazing in basketball when we had nationally ranked teams. My senior year, we had Tyler Ralph and uh, you know Ryan Petnella, Mario Sullivan. Oh, those wow. three all went Division One. Wow. Um, 
you know, we, we, we were, we were ranked nationally and it was, it was just, that was a fun time. And then we, and Aquinas folks knew that we were, that they were going to get their butt whooped in basketball, just like we were going to get our butt whooped in football. So the tables wow. did turn in basketball. It was fun. It was exciting. The, the difference was the McQueen Aquinas football game was always such a big deal. They always played it at a neutral site. They always played it either at Favre stadium at U of R they played it at St. John Fisher, the you know, Roberts Wesleyan, what have you. It was always at neutral site, so it kind of took something out of it. And 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 for basketball, our senior year, they played at Roberts Wesleyan just because they knew it was going to be a huge deal. But when I was when, you know, underclassman, you know, your senior year, Mark, you know, you know, two thousand and then two thousand one, we would play a home and home, so they would have to come to our house and we would have to go to theirs. Huh. And going, you know, just the environment. And I I, I remember going to both. Of them. I remember going to a road game at, at Aquinas you know, for McQuaid Aquinas game, and I. It, and I remember going to one in McQuaid and just the environment, just, just like, I don't want to say the, I don't want to say vitriol because, you know, we, we didn't like each other, but just, just, just the, 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 the energy in the, in the gymnasium was just, it was absolutely amazing. <laughs> But, but of course, you know, we knew that, that we were, you know, we had a feeling they were going to win. Aquinas folks knew they were going to, they were going to lose because we had such a talented basketball team. They had such a talented football team. The real rivalry when we were in high school, at least when I was in high school that I remember was soccer. Oh, that was, oh, I'm soccer lacrosse. I'm sure lacrosse is now because that, that sport has matured and has grown into, what it was when we were there it was it was in its infancy i mean we had a really good lacrosse team aquinas didn't really have lacrosse at that point um you know we were playing you know we were playing the victors the penfield the aronicoids we were, we were playing some real well-established pro- programs in lacrosse but you know i i was on you know i was on the soccer team i was managing the soccer team in my later years and i just remember the soccer games being the true wild card Oh, like that's did. where you could get either outcome. So that's that was exactly. the suspenseful Those game. Those games were the ones that you didn't know. Oh, they were knockdown, drag out, slugfests, and we had really? some really good players. They had some really good players. Like like you didn't know going into the game who was you know who was going to win. Really? There was really just this 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 palpable tension and energy that that was the. I, I think the real rivalry was in the soccer games. That's just my opinion. Um, football's infinitely more popular. Basketball is a lot more popular. But but the soccer games, the, the, like those games, especially night games when Aquinas had to come play us um, at home. That was just, I mean, that that game was just almost as electric as a football game, but you knew that 90% of the crowd was for your side, so it made it a lot easier. But, uh, (laughs) but yeah, just so, like I said, it really is, it really was a big deal to me um, knowing a lot of those people who went to Aquinas and knowing a lot of those people, having, having some, having respect for those folks, um, a healthy respect. We, we, we ribbed on each other. We made, you know, we made fun of each other. I trash talked them up and down. I trash talked them up and down the court at practices and basketball. Uh, sometimes I wore my McQuaid shorts when it was you know McQuaid Aquinas week to practice, and they'd be like, "What are you wearing that stuff for?" So, <laughs> you know, I, I, I was I was I was a I was a, I was a man on an island at that point, but uh, <laughs> actually more like a boy on an island. <laughs> Let's face it, I was like 15, 16 years old. Um, but but yeah, so I, I didn't want to talk about that because it, it, the, the the rivalry kicks off with football. But again, um, for those of you who still go to McQuaid, who, you know, correct, you know, think of it what you will. But no matter what, it is a it it is a it is a blood rivalry. It really is, and and I just don't see that where I am here. I don't I don't see that oh. that, that 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 like I hate you, but I respect you type of rivalry. <laughs> Um, I, I don't see it, but I mean, granted, we have some really good football programs here in Southwest Ohio, but, but, but nothing in terms of the, the, the palpability of, uh, the McQuaid Aquinas rivalry. So, so kudos to the, those schools for still keeping the, the, the rivalry alive. Um, kudos to the student bodies for just going nuts and passionately cheering on their teams. And, and yeah, you know what? Trash, trash talk some Aquinas kids. Okay. 
I don't have my I, I, I got dad bod, so I, I don't have my beat AQ shirt anymore, so I'm gonna <laughs> need to go to the bookstore and find it. Find yeah. another one, but uh, <laughs> the McQuaid bookstore. We were just talking this week about how we really can still remember the smell of fresh sweaters. Of course. It was a special smell. And it was a very special smell. Actually um, the, the, the McQuaid bookstore, you know, it was, it was uh, full of unused calculus textbooks and yeah, it smelled like TI eighty two calculators. Mm-hmm. So take a look mm-hmm. at my hat that I found in my stuff when I was moving. What's that? My cap here. You see it? You're frozen on the thing. Oh, but, it but... says uh, "Know it alls annoy us McQuadians who do." <laughs> Is the "who do" on the back? No, it's right underneath. But it's in all capitals, oh, okay. and it's a, a piece of 90s elegance. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. So, yeah, we've... Man, this was... This is this is just... I feel better now. I, I feel better right. that we've just gone into all this. Right. Um, when you're ready, can I do shout-outs? But go ahead. Go ahead. Absolutely. Go do shout-outs. All right. So I want to shout-out to Dr. Joe uh, from Brighton. We graduated with him, and uh, so, yeah, him and, and his buddy Rob and their friend Holland, uh they listen to the show, so hi, guys. Um, I want to shout out to the CRT Gaming Club on Reddit. Ooh. So it's a group on Reddit where we find old-style televisions on the side of the road and bring them home and clean them up and give them, a, you know, bring them in to the warmth and, and put a blanket around them and... And yeah, so we preserve those old televisions. And uh, I want to shout out to Pluto TV. I don't know if we mentioned this last time we talked about Bob Barker, but Pluto TV, it's an app for Roku and an app for Fire Stick and uh, PlutoTV.com. And you can watch 24 hours. They have a channel, 24 hours of Bob Barker. You know, I, I, I love Pluto TV. I've been actually been watching the Hollywood Squares channel. <laughs> Because it's it's like the Hollywood Squares episodes from like 2003 to 2004, and oh, I, right. I really think after looking back at those 20 years later, that was when we peaked as a society. Yeah, oh, absolutely. We had the internet in its relative infancy, but it was prevalent enough that we that, that it was still an, a, a vital impact in our lives, and. Um, you know, it just it, the technology was at the point where we're like, okay, this is this is not obtrusive. We can use this to our advantage. Right. There was no Twitter at that point. There was there was barely you know there was email and stuff, but there was barely Twitter. People were still calling into shows and writing postcards and yeah, it was technology at its peak. But, but it was yeah, enough. If, if you ever get the chance, I, I would I would just look at one of the Hollywood Squares uh, episodes from that time and just just. Think about how we peaked as a society back then. We really did. It just got more technology got too oversaturated. Um, also, right. want to shout out to the United Auto Workers. A couple weeks ago, they had their strike over at Ford, and my <laughs> brother ordered a Ford pickup truck that week. And so, you know, people are so impatient nowadays. Speaking of too much tech, people are so impatient. You have to have an app, and you can see when the person at Domino's is sprinkling the pepperoni on your pizza in case you're that insecure. Hello! So he has an app, and it says, this is what person is putting your car together right now at Ford. And so if you're that insecure, you can sit there and stare at an app and, oh, look, Jamie S. just put the mirror on the left side of your door. (laughs) You know, in the 80s, they told us to sit down and shut up and wait till you're served. So... Um, you, you pulled a number at the deli and you waited until your number was called, even if it was, you know, 30 numbers away. Right. And and so I want to shout out because they it um, I'm guessing that the app, the Ford app that week said today your uh, your truck is being worked on by nobody because the UAW worker is at home on their couch watching prices right. <laughs> Just on the bright side, Mark, I was reading this morning that the Ford plant down here near Cincinnati, they're they're looking at going back to work on Monday. So, oh, so there's there may still be there, there may be there may be there may be an end in sight. Wow. But um, the last thing I want the last thing I want to do, Mark, I, I do want to go into this. Uh, the, the, we were talking about like this good Rochester, bad Rochester thing, and I've come across a couple articles that that highlight both of this. Okay, okay, First, okay. Uh, this is a great segment. First off, the, the good Rochester, okay, um, 
Realtor.com. Now, this is through the New York Post, but Realtor.com has uh, came across a survey about um, hottest real estate markets. And they ranked good old Rochester, New York as number one. Um, they say something about like, oh, uh, this unassuming city next to the Great Lake of Ontario might not be on most people's radar. But cash-strapped homebuyers have taken note of its modest median list price, which came in at $250,000 in August. Yeah, far below no the national average to of live $435,000. So, in other words, they're saying Rochester residents are spending $1,000 less per month for a house compared to the average American. And they talk about mortgage rates and, and all this other stuff. Um, it's not worth it, folks. It's not wait, hold, the misery. Hold on, okay, hold okay, on, okay, hold okay, on, okay. Hold on, hold on. We're, we're, we're going to get to the flip side of this. But, but <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're saying home prices continue to rise, but they're still well below the national average. And, and there's you know, things to do in the... In, in Rochester, just you know, they, they're talking about these quaint little, uh, these quaint neighborhoods, these old neighborhoods like around Lake Avenue, where they had these beautiful houses when George Eastman ran Kodak and all the executives lived there, and they lived down that area. They, they, they're talking about how beautiful it is and how how vibrant it is in downtown Rochester. Uh. And, and and Mark, you and you and I, you and I know better. You you and I don't live there anymore. You do. We know better because now we go to the bad Rochester. RochesterFirst.com. Rats still a problem in multiple neighborhoods across Monroe County. Actually, so uh, a couple things. Number one, downtown is vibrant because of the muzzle flash from all the guns. Uh, number two, uh, um, so there was an article I think I sent you, and it said Rochester was like, it was among the top five cities for number of occurrences of rat calls uh, yep. or occurrences of rat infestations. But I honestly think that was it. Was, think about it, Mike. It was the number of calls. All right, so you had like New York City, Chicago, L.A., whatever. Okay, great. Obviously, New York City is the worst for rats. Uh, some of the rats are bigger than your children. But uh... <laughs> yeah, don't don't mess with New York City rats. They're they're just on another level. Right. So what? Is, how many people live in New York City? Twenty, thirty million, something. It's a lot. It's a lot, right? Rochester only has a million people, and that's actually the greater Rochester area, so it's like the five surrounding counties. So we only yeah. have a million people. For us to rival those other cities for number of occurrences of rat infestations means that per capita, there's way more rats. Like, there's probably 20 rats per person in Rochester, right? So, so per so capita, we beat everybody. Yeah, so so the conclusion that I can draw is the people who wrote this Realtor.com article just came to Rochester for a weekend, maybe took in an arts festival and saw how wonderful – went to the Lilac Festival, went to the Cornhill Arts Festival. They probably saw how awesome and, and, and vibrant the city is, and, and they, they do put on these arts festivals very well. But they probably never spent more than three or four days here, and they never had a garbage plate. I can tell you that right now. Yeah, you probably never had a garbage plate because it opens your eyes to a number of different a, a number of different portals about Rochester. One of which <laughs> being that it's that it's a rat infested uh, that the, the rat infested cesspool. Um, <laughs> and that's to be polite. And, and to and Mark, just to add insult to injury, I'm looking at the uh, uh, I'm looking at the article, and of course, where are most of these calls coming from? Greece. Oh, really? From Greece, New York? Yeah, makes me Greece to a lesser extent around the way, but they're saying it's all around Rochester. But they they specifically mentioned Greece, and I'm just like, I'm scratching my head, going, "Yep, yep, that uh, that, that that sounds about right." Oh man, Greece! Hell, yeah. lo, lo, oh my goodness, Lord knows they've uh, you know, they, they've taxed everybody else out of the city, so they, somehow they got somehow they roped you back in. I'm not sure how, but. They, they did. pull me back in, right? So well, hope, it's because I'm so spending hopefully, less. Hopefully, yeah. we don't find a giant sized rat eating a, a eating a gar, eating off your garbage plate in your house now. <laughs> yeah, right. Hey, can I comment on your Sunday sauce thing? Absolutely, go right ahead. So, shout out to my cousin Anthony. Back when um, I went to a bachelor party, and my cousin made a pot of real Sunday sauce in the style that our grandma made it, and it was wonderful and perfect. And I had this buddy show up. 
And he was a real clumsy guy, and I stared him down. I said, don't you dare drop this food. I said, this food was made with loving care, and don't you dare. And he goes, ah, what are you talking about? So he gets the... He gets a nice bowl of pasta and puts the sauce and the meatballs on top of it. And it's a little paper bowl. And I'm, I'm, you know, doing the thing where you point your fingers at your eyes at him, you know. And Mm -hmm. doesn't he trip and fall and spill the meatballs? And the meatballs land and then they roll. So now there's there's a streak of sauce and the carpet. You know, what was that geometry where you had to draw a ray? There were two rays of sauce on this blue, light blue carpet. Oh, it was a shame. It was a shame. Oh, uh, the thing is, it was probably some... Was, the, the grandmother or elderly person who made that sauce probably just gave him the, the evil eye and the stink eye, and... and <laughs> He's never been the same after that. He's just... Oh, yeah. And and then he he just tried (laughs) to dab it with a napkin. I was there for a long time rubbing it with a sponge. The thing is, though, the old Italian grandmothers and what have you, they probably have a concoction on how to get that off, whether that's club soda, whether that's child's tears. I don't know what, but there's probably some concoction out there that they can get that sauce out of that carpet. (laughs) They won't tell me what it, they won't tell you what it is though. They're gonna guilt you seven ways to Sunday. But there's probably something in there. There's it's probably some club soda, tears and guilt that they throw into each and that they throw into it and then and probably some, what you know whatever whatever cuss words they decide they do while they're while they're cleaning it helps clean it up too. Um, you know, just some some esoteric voodoo <laughs> um... that that only that only folks who know how to make perfect sunday sauce know how no no uh part of what it. to do but but again apologies to your cousin he's probably you know he's probably traumatized from that from that day i'm sure <laughs> your family member who made the sauce is 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 giving him the stink eye and now yeah. he's living the life my cousin the made the sauce and a buddy was the one who spilled it oh boy yeah <clears throat> so man oh man so um See, is there anything else? Is, is there anything else that we need? Oh, we do need to do an in memoriam, Mark. You did, you did bring up the, um, you know, lastly because of Rochester and all of the things that it is, uh, it is known for. Closing businesses is among them. So, Mark, uh, please, uh, in memoriam, we like to. I like to give a, uh, a fond farewell to the ROC Brewing Company. Oh, the Rock Brewing, of course. They went to our high school. They went to McQuaid, and, and a lot of McQuaid alumni events were held there, and it was yeah. fun. And they had nice beer, and and they were they were sitting around one day after they graduated, and the mom walked in and said, "You're not going to do this anymore. You go start a business." And they did. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they do that with Rocky Mountain Pizza Kitchen too? Ah, uh, they might have been McQuadians, and that was amazing. They were, and, they were. I know they were McQuaid grads. Mm, and tons um, of like, oh, like sliced potatoes and uh, like a potato skin pizza was my favorite. They had a lot of really oh, yeah. unique stuff. They were off the, they they were really off the wall, and it was it was amazing. And then they you know they they changed names from Rocky Mountain to Great Northern Pizza Kitchen, expanded quite a bit, expanded to the West Side, which was awesome for me. Oh. Um, but well, but did. yeah, they, those were McQuaid grads too. But uh, the ROC Brewing Company, uh, again, my condolences that your business venture did not pan out, and I hope that you have all the success in the world when you decide to move to Florida. Yeah, exactly. I don't know if I mentioned this last month, but fixing a zip also went under. Oh, fixing a zip. Yeah, I would send tons of people there because instead of giving more money to Apple and selling your soul to the devil, um, you would bring your broken screen, broken phone, battery, connector, charger, connector, whatever. You'd bring it to fixing a zip, and they would fix it so that your phone would keep going. And they were phenomenal, and they went under. Uh, also, they specifically cited the cost of doing business in New York State. Yeah. <clears throat> And you know what, Mark? That that is a market that's in demand too. It's 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 almost like going to the dealership for your car. It's like go, you know, you go to an independent mechanic and right. you pay a lot less. You get a lot better customer service. Going to the Apple Store is probably. I haven't been to the Apple Store in years, but I, toward the end when I was getting there, it just felt like it was, it was just a marathon. You had to a find an Apple Store, 
reschedule an appointment, which right. is which was terrible. Beg even if you went on a even if you went on a Wednesday afternoon, they're like, "Oh, you didn't schedule an appointment." It's like shame on dude, you. There's two people here, and right. then, and then they would just you know then the Apple Genius Bar, the, the people there, they would just guilt you and re- make you feel like a make you feel like an invalid, make you feel like a a, a rube. Yeah, you're not cool. And and actually, uh, what they've done effectively is they effectively stopped training people. They used to be awesome and friendly and knowledgeable. You go in yeah. there now, and they have no clue what's going on. Wow. Yeah, I don't want to talk. So they basically so they basically replaced them with Chipotle workers. <laughs> <laughs> Except Chipotle workers sometimes make tender chicken. <laughs> That, that, that there is some good in that. There is some good. Um, Mark, before before we go, I, I do want to get an update because we talked about this on our premiere episode. How are things going at the Whole Foods at five ninety in Monroe F? Is still, it still horrible. An absolute traffic jam mess. Absolute Manhattan gridlock. I drove by a couple days ago and I was wondering, like, oh, why is there a huge line of cars at that? Oh, right, the Whole Foods gridlock. And I just knew it was like miles away, and I see in one direction all these cars stop, and it was middle of the day. And, oh, yeah. Again, you know, you plop a Whole Foods there, and that's bad enough, and there's already a debate about whether or not that's bringing traffic. But then to put a random unnecessary plaza in there, too, and then a maze of roads to get in and out? Not to mention the drive through Starbucks, I believe you told me. That, right, right, right. That's even worse, right? Aside from a random unnecessary plaza, the drive through Starbucks. So now there's a humongous line for no reason of people waiting for their pumpkin spice. So, so it's not the can of worms; it's the can of macchiatos. <laughs> Amazing! I mean, I used to call it Manhattan Gridlock Whole Foods, but we can say also known as can of macchiatos. Wow! <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh man! So, um, so with that, Mark, I, you know, I'm gonna bid you all adieu. I'm gonna come back. Hopefully next month. This this uh, this episode was a lot longer, but I feel a lot better because I've had I've had so many things boiling up, and I've hit all the high points of all the ones all the things that I wanted to talk with you about to, to broadcast out to our audience at large. And again, I thank you so much for tuning in to the Flyover Plates podcast. Mark, do you have anything to add before we sign off? So many things, but I will save them for next time. Uh, thanks so much, Mike. What a blast! Yes, this was a this was a lot of fun. Please uh, do keep tuning into the Computer Exorcist podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, Mark Anthony Arena hosts that show uh, himself. Sometimes I show up and be his laugh track, uh, <laughs> laugh and, be, track. and be the Ed McMahon to his Johnny Carson. <laughs> and I so. in, this morning I interviewed a guy on my podcast who I went to McQuaid with, and I've known him since ninety four ninety five. Man, it was a great episode. It's a great episode. I I look forward to the to the next ones. I look look forward to the next uh, torture a scammer episode. Oh yeah, where I torture when phone I, scammers. When I when I do make my triumphant voyage up to upstate New York, um, or Death Wish, whichever you want to call it, <laughs> uh, we will be doing a live torture a scammer episode with you with you and me. Oh, yeah. And it's it's basically just going to be us getting into an argument and having the scammer feel incredibly uncomfortable. Yeah, um, I have it all improved out so, in my head, so <laughs> <laughs> just go along with it. Oh, um, I will. So, it, it, in any event, uh, for Mark Anthony Arena, this is Doctor Mike. I, I hope the uh, the amateur therapy has brought some joy to your life, and uh, I will see you next time from the Flyover Plates podcast. So long. See ya.